we uh, did a very, very poor job with special teams. I'm in charge of that. Um, obviously, two punt blocked, uh, both for touchdowns, and then a field goal block for a touchdown, 21 points on, on, uh, on special teams, which is completely preposterous. So uh, get back and take a look at make the corrections we have to make. Uh, I've got to do a better job preparing these guys. Uh, I've been in special teams a long time in my career. Never seen anything like that before. It's totally unacceptable. And uh, I got to make sure that that's fixed. Um, through the body of the game, uh, on offense, we were woeful on third down. You know, combination of a bunch of factors, but uh, totally unacceptable on third down. And that's got to improve. Uh, defensively, I thought that, uh, again, uh, we gave up some critical third and longs uh, that, you know, we didn't get off the field on. But I think when you spot them 21 points in special teams and then we threw a pick and put them our defense on the short field, which I believe they scored again on. So you spot them 28 points. You're on the road against a really good football team and uh, you get what you got. Give credit to, to them. I thought they came off a tough week last week, and they, they came out on fire. And, uh, and we helped them all along the way with the uh, blunders on special teams. So um, I'm happy to answer any questions. Hey, Steve, this is Mike Brohard. You felt the first two weeks that you played, your special teams had played extremely well. So yes. how much does this catch you off guard that the start was a lot of special teams miscues? Yeah, I mean, I'm totally off guard. Um, it was not expected. It's nothing that we've seen before, and it showed up. You know, uh, the first punt was an overload, which we work on all the time, and, uh, you know, Trey checked it the right way, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and Stoney didn't hear the check, and he went the other way, and that was a block. Uh, the second one, um, we checked it again the way we wanted to, but I'm, I'm assuming, and I'll have to watch the tape, that we didn't zone the furthest gap up front. And somebody cut a guy free and absorbed our shield on the field goal block. Um, you know, we're like everybody else. We're an inside gap protection team. But I saw that somebody uh, stood up out of their stance, got opened up, gave up penetration. And uh, when our shoulder pads are supposed to be going through the thigh boards, you know, we talked, Coach Eater talked to our team yesterday and he talked about 88 strong. You know, there's there's the reason 88. It's because there's eight units on the field, offense, defense, and then each one of the special teams, including field goal block and field goal. And, uh, and everyone's got to be locked in. It's, a, it's kind of ironic that that was a topic of his talk to the team last night. And, and that crept up and really got us that we didn't do our job the way we could do our job. And so we were not 88 strong. And not being 88 strong cost us a quick 21 points and changed the momentum of that football game. Before we get into the action, I gotta tell you about my friends Mike and Virginia Chevalier. Mike and Virginia are die-hard Broncos fans, they're CSU alums, and they've supported DNVR as lifetime members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. And guess what? They can save you hundreds a month and thousands of dollars in interest over the life of a loan. Who doesn't want to save thousands? These guys can help you find out if you're able to reduce, potentially even eliminate your current mortgage insurance premiums. Visit dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Finally, 
Refinancing isn't for everyone, and that's why Mike and Virginia are going to give you an honest estimation of what you should do, and they're just going to put you in the best situation financially. Visit Mike and Virginia at dnvrmortgage.com, get set up with a consultation, or call Mike directly at 970-412-2472, Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. What's up, y'all? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. It's later Sunday night. Just finished up watching that Ravens-Patriots game. Weird game. Weird, weird game. I guess I should have known better. It There's always, you know, one or two games a year where it, it's just like a Belichick game and going up against an offense that says, predicated on the success of running the ball with Lamar Jackson. You know, Bill Belichick, you only got to take away one thing. I don't know. I feel like we should have saw that upset coming is all I'm saying. Even, you know, even though the Patriots really, they have not looked that good this season. Uh, anyways, we're, uh, we're talking college football on today's podcast. We are going to uh, first go over the Boise State game just a little bit more, not too much, because uh, let's just put that one in the rear view. But we're also going to talk about the Mountain West Conference as a whole. We're about halfway through the season now. So I just figured it would be a good time to kind of go through the entire league. Kind of just assess where all the different teams are at. You know, do a, a various, you know, just power rankings, all that bullshit. Just kind of, you know, just move through it. Just kind of talk about how everybody's been doing. Who's the contenders? Who's the pretenders? All of that fun stuff. Like I said, though. We got to start with that Boise State game and obviously uh, led into the podcast with that audio from Steve Adazio and you know the the big reason that the Rams lost this game was the just horrendous play on special teams. Adazio kind of explained there how they they missed some checks and that's what allowed the the blocked punts to happen. The the blocked field goal somebody just kind of came up out of their stance a little too soon allowed the gunner to go right around him. What was really really frustrating about those block punts especially the second one the first one you're kind of backed up it happens still not great because you should anticipate they're coming at you in that scenario but you know it does happen especially backed up deep in your own territory what what was brutal about the second they did the same thing they oh man they just overloaded if avery williams is lined up and it looks like he's coming at you block that guy i if you're going to let anybody through, do not let it be one of the fastest and most athletic players in the entire conference. And they did it twice. They did it twice, and it was tough. It was really tough to watch a second time. Just, you know, so many times we, we kind of joke about the cliches of football and, you know, don't let the other team score more points to you. Don't, you know, make a, a bad play on special teams. Well... The thing about cliches is a lot of times they're rooted in truth, and that's certainly the case this time around. You just, you can't lose that way. Very, very few, there there aren't a lot of game scenarios where you're going to win a game solely by special teams. I was actually talking about this uh, with Nicholas Toffelmeyer, the, the guy who runs the daily Adam Thistlewood page on Instagram. Shout out them, go follow that if you are not. Great content, really fun really genuine stuff there but you know we we kind of talked about and we were just brainstorming you know can we think of any games that have 
ever been that much impacted by special teams. And really, at least for CSU in the last decade, I could I could really only think of two. The first is the 2015 CU game where the Rams lost because of three missed field goals. Two of them were just missed. One of them got blocked. But you kind of open Pandora's box if you only count missed field goals there because that happens all the time. But Nicholas, he pointed out the, the 2015 Fresno State game, a.k.a. the Joe Hansley game. I think that's a great point. Hansley housed multiple returns, damn near, not single-handedly, but you know, put the team on his back and carried them to victory. That's probably it. Like, those three games, really those two, it's, I mean, it's really it's the Hansley game and the Boise State game, one good, one bad. But sheesh, man, they've they've got to figure out the the special teams miscues. Uh, one of the big debates over the weekend, obviously, was, well, you know, like what do you do moving forward? You don't you don't even officially have a special teams coach on staff that is part of Steve's 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 Steve Adazio's duty duties. Man, I'm getting all kinds of tongue tied here. Um. So yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see you know kind of what Adazio has to say on on Monday Tuesday kind of just you know had they been doing things differently in special teams you know what are you doing now to make sure that those type of things do not happen again was it as bad as you know you thought now that you've had a chance to really break it down on film I'll be intrigued to hear all of that um, but along with the special teams there were a couple of things that that really jumped out to me in this game. And unfortunately, it was it was kind of similar to that Fresno State game. The, the third down offense was poor. The third down defense was poor. You know, like sometimes football is simple. Can't get off the field on defense. Can't stay on the field on offense. Tough to win. What was particularly frustrating, much like that Fresno State game, though, is it wasn't, you know, third and twos, third and ones constantly that the Rams were just getting worked in the trenches. It's the third and longs, man. It's those back-breaking momentum plays especially there were two huge ones near the end of the first half on about third and 14 Boise State backed up deep in their own territory after a good punt by Stonehouse you have a chance to get off the field get the ball back maybe you know get an offensive drive going instead you give up a brutal conversion allows them to keep the drive going you know a couple minutes later they're going got them in third and long again about midfield you give up the conversion again Drive keeps on trucking. Boise State ends up going down the field, putting more points on the board. Those little moments, those are the things that come back to kill you, especially, you know, especially against a phenomenal team like Boise State. You know, you're, you're not playing New Mexico. And honestly, I, I can't even use them anymore because they're, they've looked much improved. And I'll talk about that uh, more. But, you know, it's not a FCS team. It's not Western Carolina or whatever you might be able to to survive a couple of mistakes against an opponent like that. Not against Boise State, though. It's especially not on the road. It, it's just not going to happen. They're a different team on that blue turf, and I just thought time and time again, the Rams just kind of beat themselves in that game. I mean, kudos to Boise State, obviously. They're incredibly talented. They made, they made it the most of their opportunities. But, you know, just... Having said that, I got to imagine that this was just a brutal film session for everyone on the CSU team because just so many self-inflicted wounds in this game. Just time it shooting themselves in the foot, putting a nail in their hand, whatever you want to call it. Just brutal. And you can't do that. Not against the good teams, you know?
not against the good teams. CSU's found that so many times over the last decade. And yeah, it was obvious against Boise State. So that's uh, that's mostly what I have to say on that game. I don't really think there's any point on dwelling on it anymore. You know, they got their butts kicked. It happened. Uh, hopefully Marcus McElroy is healthy. We'll have to hear uh, what the situation is with that. You know, as much as, you know, he's kind of struggled to get going as a as the lead runner in the backfield so far this season, I will say not having his presence as a pass blocker, I do think kind of made a difference down the stretch. And I, I wonder if that kind of influenced the decision to just keep Todd Santeo in the game because they were just like, we can't, we can't protect the quarterback anyways. Maybe we can just keep the clock running, run the ball, see what happens. I don't know. It was interesting. It was really weird to watch the the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter again because they scored those 14 points so quickly and then they just basically stopped throwing the football together after that. So really, really odd. Uh, just a weird night altogether. Definitely not one that CSU fans are going to remember fondly. This Sunday will truly be a Sunday like no other with this weekend's major golf tournament along with both professional and collegiate football, there will be no shortage of action. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, wants to put you in the center of all the action with so many different ways to make it rain. If you haven't tried the app, head to the App Store now, because you're not going to want to miss out on this. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right, you bet they cover you risk-free Sunday betting on all of Sunday's action. This weekend, there's plenty of action to get on, so head over to the App Store now, start making it rain. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings will have special promotions, odds boosts, and everything else you want to do to make it more fun watching the tournament over in Augusta, Georgia. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100, that's right. You bet and they'll cover you up to $100 only when you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code DNVR. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Cuckoo, cuckoo. All right, like I said, we are going to just kind of briefly uh, also go over what's been happening around the Mountain West because we're about halfway through the 2020 season. And yeah, so just figured now is as good a time as ever. Let's start with Fresno State, Utah State, which was the Saturday afternoon game. Relatively entertaining. You were probably sweating it a little bit if you had the Bulldogs to cover that 10 and a half point spread uh, on the road early on. Utah State, you know, they came out and they played pretty hard. Not all that shocking. Um, I kind of have a theory. So Utah State had had just fired Gary Anderson, who was obviously their head coach coming in. And I think a team that had has just had its head coach fired is, is one of the most dangerous teams that you can go against for a couple of reasons. I just think it, it provides a spark because either the team wants to win because they hated the last coach and they want to spite him and be like, see, you know, we got rid of this jerk. Now look what we can do. We didn't need you. You were just holding us back. 
or it's the opposite or it's you know they're they're upset about what happened they want to play to honor them but also to kind of protect the interim guy who generally you know tends to be a coordinator or a position coach or somebody that they elevated because you know let's face it when the head guy gets canned you know very 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 rarely does the interim guy end up having any type of long-term stability usually you know schools are just kind of looking to to move their own direction at that point they want to move on and then you know when you bring in a new coach a lot of the time they don't really want to keep that guy around because it just becomes an awkward power dynamic there not always i mean sometimes they do stick around but anyways you know that that's kind of my theory there that a team that is is had just had its head coach fired is one of the most dangerous teams that you can face. And Utah State, credit to them, they played hard. I will say, Fresno State, man, they're a lot, lot better than I expected coming into this season. Jake Hayner, the, the Washington transfer, has been solid. He's a tremendous athlete. Might be the most athletic quarterback in the Mountain West, honestly. Um, he has a really strong arm. He's making good decisions with the football. We saw in that Utah State game, he really stretched the field vertically, which is you know, big for that Bulldogs offense because you know what you have in Ronnie Rivers and he's just been a beast, man. Can't can't seem to stay out of the end zone over the last couple of weeks. I I think him and Validay, those are the, the best two running backs in the conference. You can't really go wrong either way you pick, but man, they're getting big time production from their veteran running back. And they finally got Cropper involved, you know. I talked about it after the CSU game. I didn't understand why they didn't get Cropper more involved in that one. And you know, it's early, sometimes things don't go perfectly, but he's just such a defensive mismatch, and we saw it in that Utah State game. They they got him the ball with some space, you know, about five yards behind a cornerback, and the safety was about 15 yards and closing on him, and we saw Cropper just take off, and he's gone. I mean, the DBs never even, never even really had a chance. I don't know, man. Fresno State, they're, they're, they're pretty dangerous. We might you know, when it's all said and done, kind of look at that week one, technically week two loss for CSU against Fresno and maybe not, you know, feel as bad about it just because I do think that Bulldogs team is one of the top teams, or at least top teams in the in the top half of the conference. All right, moving on to Hawaii and San Diego State. We're not going to talk about this one as much because I, I didn't get to watch this game. Hawaii won it, or excuse me, San Diego State won it relatively easy 34 to 10 I think I've lost money on Hawaii every single game this season they were like 11 point dogs and I took them to cover I just I can't get a read on this team I don't I don't know what it is San Diego State I'm struggling with a little bit too I I was really high on them coming into the year then I kind of dipped on them a little bit I I predicted that San Jose State would upset them they did I still think they're one of the top four teams in the conference I just I don't know Maybe I maybe I undervalued them a little bit against Hawaii in this matchup, especially given that Hawaii was on the road, and they're just not that good of a team on the road. They never are. So yeah, San Diego State stands strong, cover easily. We'll talk about them more in the coming weeks as that game against the Rams gets closer. But I'm not gonna BS you guys and you know just go through the box score. You guys can do that yourself. Next game, New Mexico hangs tough with Nevada. This was a game that I really really enjoyed watching. My DraftKings pick of the week was that New Mexico would cover the 17 and a half point spread that they were underdogs. I hope that you guys listened and took that because they absolutely covered it. Damn near upset them. A lot of fun. Um, 
I just, I don't know. I think, I don't think there's a team in the country that improved more from what they had to what they have now in terms of a coaching staff. I know I've said that before, but especially defensively, you just see this Lobos team really kind of starting to figure out its identity and they're, and they're trying to, uh, you know, they're trying to go through the bumps. Rocky Long admitted it. He knew that there would be some moments where the Lobos struggled in this 3-3-5. They don't really have a guy to play that true uh, Lobo position, which is kind of a, a hybrid defensive back slash linebacker. It's what Brian Urlacher was really good at all those years ago. But, you know, they are figuring it out, and they're much more disciplined uh, offensively. They still have some work to do. I think they need a true quarterback, but... Hey, the Lobos, they're they're improving and they played really hard against who I think is the second best team in the league in Nevada. I like what Jay Norville has got, you know, building there in Reno. I'm a big Carson Strong guy. Nevada's pretty dangerous. It wouldn't surprise me if they ended up, you know, making it to the Mountain West title game. Gonna be interesting. The the late night game was San Jose State and UNLV. I actually fell asleep late in the second half in this one. It was like an 845 kickoff. But San Jose State, they're they're not the same program that, you know, we've gotten used to over the last decade or so. I, I tweeted that a couple of weeks ago. I actually enjoy watching San Jose State, and everyone was like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, man, they're, they're a team on the rise. They got the Arkansas transfer, Starkle at QB. He's doing a really nice job spreading the field. They've got some really, really nice athletes on defense. I don't know, man. San Jose, it seems like a good place to live. That should be... A place where you should be able to have relative success at the G5 level, in my opinion. I know they don't have, you know, the facilities or the fan support or any of that, but it, it can't be that hard to recruit people to live in San Jose, California. That's all I'm saying. For the uh, for the second year in a row, though, I'm I'm kind of riding that Spartans bandwagon. I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them win the conference. That's who I'm I'm pulling for. I think it'd be fun to see them run the table. I don't know if it's gonna happen at some point, you know. Cinderella's uh, her carriage might turn back into a pumpkin or whatever, but I don't know. They're fun. I enjoy watching them, and it's good for the league to not just have them be that bottom dweller. As I say that, though, it, it kind of puts some pressure on these teams that have been historically okay but need to improve. You know, the CSU, the UNLVs of the world. You can't count on San Jose State and New Mexico being the dumpster fires that they have been over the last decade. You better get your own shit together because you don't want to become that program. That's all I'm saying. So the clock is on, the pressure is on, but the Mountain West as a whole is getting better. And I think the parity is is pretty good and that's good for the league. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to close up the podcast here before we go though, just briefly, just going to run through my power ranking. I don't really think, I don't know. I'm one of those guys. I don't think there's a point of doing power rankings early in the season because I just think we have to see teams in a, in a larger sample size. So that's why I haven't done them so far. I'm going to do them once a week moving forward. I think at this point, we know enough about the teams to kind of give in just an accurate estimation of, of what these rankings are. Starting at one, Boise State. I think when they're healthy, when they have everyone on their roster, it's not even really a debate. You know, they, they're still dealing with some COVID stuff, and that could potentially result in them losing a, a game that they probably shouldn't. And that could be a big factor, especially given you've got Nevada and San Jose State nipping on their tails. But I just think, you know, I don't know. It's tough to, to punish them for that loss against BYU because I think they're a great team and they were missing a bunch of dudes. So yeah, number one, Boise. Number two, Nevada. Number three, San Jose State. 
I just talked about how I really want the Spartans to win the conference. So you're like, you know, why are you putting them below Nevada? I do think the Wolfpack have just a little bit better roster at the moment, but I'm definitely pulling for the Spartans to have some success. At four, San Diego State. They're, you know, kind of the, the proven commodity around the league. They have the talent. It, it should never be hard to recruit to San Diego, but I still think they're missing a few things offensively from being a, a true dangerous team. That's the thing that Boise, Nevada, and San Jose State all have that San Diego State doesn't is just an elite passing offense. Even Fresno's passing offense, I would say, has been more impressive, and that's who I have at five. Coming behind them, you know, it's really all a matter of opinion at this point. I have CSU at six just because they beat Wyoming. Um, so that's who I have at seven. You could probably flip those guys either way. At eight, I have Hawaii. They lost to Wyoming. There's my there's my logic there. At nine, UNLV, but I think you could flip them or Hawaii eight, nine, either way. Ten, Air Force. Um, just we haven't seen them in a couple of weeks, and they're in a weird spot with all of their the COVID situation and and just a lack of depth. And eleven is Utah State, who really bad <laughs> just all around they fired their coach they just kicked their starting quarterback off the team they I don't they might not even have a quarterback that's ever played going into this next matchup it's it's a weird situation in Logan and that's why the Aggies are firmly at the bottom but that's all we have for today we're going to be back with more content throughout the week have some fun guests lined up for the podcast this week I'm excited about that including some former players so Should be a good time. Make sure everybody stays safe out there. Much love to you all. Peace.